In tonight's Wednesday Night Insight, I'm continuing to talk about secrets of affirmative prayer. And the secret of affirmative prayer that I want to speak about tonight has to do with always praying for the highest good. Always pray for your highest good. Now, I'm a big believer of the statement that you can't get what you want until you know what it is true, right? That you could be surrounded with everything that you want in your life, but if you don't know it, you're never really embodying it. But I would add to that to not only know what it is that you want, but to know that something bigger than you are knows what you want as well. And if you allow it through willingness in your life, it can co-create in an incredible way a life of prayer. And that's what prayer for me so often is. It's a place to articulate what it is that I want in my life, but also to open up to those higher forces that might reveal to me what it is that I really need in my life. I recall being about 19 or 20 years old and really deciding I wanted a serious romantic relationship. And so I got really clear on what I wanted in this so-called perfect partner that was going to be out there and just for me. But it created problems because the the women that I was dating weren't always perfect. They could have quirks or they could have challenges. And so, so often, this perfect partner that was an imaginary friend in my mind kind of hung out like a third wheel on these dates. And so I was always comparing the woman I was dating to this person that didn't exist, therefore missing out on the deep qualities and wondrous aspects of these women that I was dating. And sometimes the relationship would end not at a good time because I was so attached to what I thought I was supposed to be getting. There's an old story about someone who's talking to a sage woman and says to her, how come you never got married? And she said, well, I did set out for a while on a search for a perfect husband. And I met one individual, and he was great, but his family was nuts. So I said no to that. And there was one person, and he was all right, but he had some anger issues here or there, and so it wasn't going to work for me. And then there was another guy who was almost perfect. He was just so quirky that it wasn't going to work. Then one day, I did meet the perfect man. He had everything together, good family, good temperament, and the woman that the sage is talking to says, well, well, what happened? Well, there was one problem. He was looking for the perfect wife. James Thurber, the great humorist, once said that there's two kinds of light. There's the glow that illuminates, and there's the glare that obscures. And always remember that when it comes to knowing what you want, that it's so important to know, but to not be so attached to it that it becomes a glare that causes us to miss how the divine might be creating and bringing something to us in our lives. All the while, while I was doing all that searching for a perfect partner, there was a relationship that was being bloomed and blossomed in my life with someone I had known since I was about 17 and she was 14. Uh, her name was April, and now we've been married for almost seven years. But throughout life, there were all sorts of reasons why I told myself it wouldn't work out with April. She had a son. She lived out of state. She had her own quirks, just like I did. And yet, when I really began to listen to the story of the divine in my own life, I realized that this relationship was being created just for me in an incredible way. I do remember sitting down one day and writing down what I thought I wanted in a relationship. And I wrote down three things. The first was that I wanted to meet someone through synchronicity or fate. 
The second is that I wanted to have that soulmate feeling. You know that feeling like you've known someone forever? I wanted that. And the third is that I wanted her to feel the same way. That third one's important, isn't it? But I remember stepping back and looking at that list and saying, I have no control over any of that. And so remember that in living a prayerful life, that so many of the blessings that we seek aren't through our own knowing or declaring. They're through our own willingness, through our own way of allowing. Know that your highest good isn't just something to open up to, that it's something that's, that's real. It's something that exists in uh, a different dimension, perhaps, but it is as real as anything in the world. And part of our prayerful life is to learn to download that highest good in every area of our life. Another tool for using the secret of the highest good in affirmative prayer, and I've learned that this is the purest form of prayer for me and that my prayers don't really get answered until I can do the following, which is that highest good that I pray for for myself is to also pray for that for for everybody. So that thing that I seek, if I can also know and affirm it for every other human being, then my prayer has become pure in such a way that I can embody it that much. Sometimes you have to take out the specificity of that prayer, but it can be a prayer for prosperity and wanting that for everybody. It could be a prayer for true love and wanting that for everybody. It could be a prayer for peace of mind and wanting that for everybody. And this does a couple of different things. One is it doesn't diminish the prosperity of the universe, the richness of the divine. It affirms that there's enough for everybody. And it also doesn't seek to be stingy. It doesn't seek to seek good just for myself, but to recognize when I can seek good for all people, including myself, I can step into it in a more profound, sacred, and meaningful way. Ernest Holmes, the founder of Science of Mind, has a quote that I love. He says, if you want to stay out of hell, then nobody can ever be in it. If you want to stay out of hell, then no one can ever be in it. You ever have that experience where someone's pissing you off in your life and you're thinking about how they're hacking uh, your everyday mind? Or you're angry with a politician uh, and damning them in your own mind. And you know that even though you may dislike that person, that you're putting yourself in hell that little bit each time that you spend time hating another individual and not wanting the highest and best for them. And so I like to follow up on that statement that if you want to stay out of hell, then no one can ever be in it. And that is that if you really want to be in heaven, then no one can ever be outside of it. If you want to be in heaven, then no one can ever be outside of it. That doesn't mean you have to like everybody, but it does mean that you wish everyone well, that you seek that that highest good that exists as much as the air we breathe or as much as those sacred connections that we share with the people we care about, that it's this real living thing. And when we don't diminish it for ourselves or for anyone else, we allow it to live in its full blossoming. It's full flowering. So I ask you, what can you feel of the highest good in your life today? Can you know clearly what it is that you want in your life right now? But also to know that there's something bigger than you are that knows the true desires and intentions of your heart and that life's great adventure is about getting a sense and a feeling of the possibility of this highest good and to release ourselves from willfulness, to step into a greater willingness 
a deeper way of being with God. It's to move out of a kind of control or forcefulness and into a state of greater trust and greater surrender to that creative process. This is one of the great gifts of prayer, which again, doesn't have to be a wish or a magic spell, but simply a way of communing with our higher truths so that we can download them and experience them in our everyday lives.